So, good morning. I am Lottie. We joined the church about three years ago, me and Jake, after we got married. And day to day, just so you get to know a bit about me, I'm a primary school teacher, so this is very at home to me in a school. And PowerPoints, which unfortunately you don't get to see, are also very helpful to me. But basically, just imagine, be strong and courageous up there. And that's pretty much what this will be about. So I'm just going to pray before we get started to get us going. So Lord, I thank you that your presence is here, that this is your place, that we come to be in front of you. I pray that you help us to hear what you're saying, that your Holy Spirit speaks this morning, that we are filled with your presence. I pray that you bless this morning and that we learn more about you, know more about you, and just are filled by your Holy Spirit. Amen. Great time and this is just locked. So I've really enjoyed the series that we've just been looking at, looking at community, how as a church we need to be prayerful, diverse, thankful, generous, serving, hospitable and holy. It was so helpful and help, really helpful in leading us into this next, next series on the book of Joshua. A book where community action is taken by God's people who continue to be blessed and to bless others. When the long-awaited time has come where God's people enter the promised land of years of waiting and walking in the wilderness, the prize is finally in sight and that's what we're going to be looking at. It's really exciting. So the purpose of this series, Paul said a little bit, earlier is to encourage us as a church to step forward into the mission that God has called us to, to equip us, to encourage us, to follow generations who have gone before and help us to work as a body rather than individuals, to continue living the prophetic word of Isaiah 61 that was spoken over the church, to bring good news to the poor, bind up the brokenhearted and proclaim liberty to the captives. So this morning, I'm just going to give a bit of an introduction to the topic. We'll look at the historical context where it fits in and how it relates to us today. So the book of Joshua, where it fits into God's big story, is jumping back to Abraham in Genesis, the first book in the Bible. Abraham was chosen by God to be the father of many nations. God says to him, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed by you. Abraham's family become the people of Israel and God promises them a home. Later on, we find in the book of Exodus, the people of Israel are enslaved in Egypt. Through Moses, God rescues the people of Israel and makes a covenant, a promise with them at Mount Sinai. He leads them through the wilderness. Then we find the Israelites camped outside the promised land, looking on at what God has promised to them many years ago. And Moses tells them to obey God's command so that they could show all the other nations what God is like. So the book of Joshua follows where Moses has died and Israel is ready to enter the promised land under their new leader. So far, the story has been about God's people being called, enslaved, freed, wandering and waiting. And now is the really exciting part. I feel like I'm saying that over and over again. It's really exciting. Moving into the promised land. So you can kind of picture them sitting outside um, around the campfire, remembering the stories that have been told for generations and generations of what is to come. And they get to be the ones to see it. And now we're sitting around a similar campfire. God has called us into Stoke. He's called us as a church to plant in new sites around the city and we get to see that. We get to see what God is doing and be a part of that journey. So 
If you've got a Bible, you might want to turn to Joshua chapter 1, verses... I'm going to be reading 1 to 9 in a second, just because I know I like to follow along. So the book of Joshua follows the theme of the first five books in the Bible that come before it. It's about the progressive fulfillment of the promise that was made to Abraham, then to his son Isaac, and his son... Jacob, sorry, that Abraham and his descendants would be blessed and be a blessing, that they would grow into a great nation and they'd be given a land of their own. And these blessings were to be enjoyed with a close relationship with God. So it's all what has been leading This is all what it's been leading up to, going into the land that will become their home, the promise that God gave to Abraham many years ago, coming into fulfillment. So I'm just going to read from Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 to 9. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan and all this people into the land, you and all this people, into the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory." No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, being careful to do according to the law that Moses... Sorry, be strong and courageous, for you shall cause the people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give to them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So, looking at Joshua, who was he? Joshua was originally born Hosea, meaning salvation. Later on in Numbers, we see that Moses changes his name to Joshua, which means the Lord saves, because Joshua's mission was to lead Israel into the fulfilled promise, which God gave to Abraham, taking it further than Moses ever did. At the beginning of the book, it starts by reminding us that Moses, the servant of the Lord, who was chosen to face up to Pharaoh, split the Red Sea, brought Egypt to its knees, and descended Mount Sinai, literally holding God's law in his hands, had died. And the person to take up this mighty place was Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. Can't help but think that someone stepping into that role would feel a bit intimidated, self-conscious, and insecure after seeing all that Moses has done. So, why was Joshua chosen for this task? It's clear that from what's written in previous scripture, that Joshua had been chosen way before. He was Moses' assistant. He was chosen to go up Mount Sinai with Moses. He was charged by Moses to select and command a military group for their first battle after Egypt. And he was one of the 12 spies that entered the, scouted out the land. But despite these credentials, I think he had pretty big shoes to fill. 
especially when it was Joshua's army who had been defeated every time that Moses left. And Joshua was the one Moses left behind when entering the tabernacle. It wasn't a clear win for him to be Moses' successor. In comparison, we're called to be sons and daughters of the living God, heirs to his throne, but how often do we doubt our identity and calling? So from the passage we're looking at, we can see that Joshua had every reason to be confident in his calling. He was Moses' um, assistant. He followed him up Mount Sinai. He heard all the important discussions and decisions that were being made, and he learned how to lead from an amazing leader. God says to him, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised Moses. He has confidence that God will follow him wherever he will go. He will never have a place alone, but God always walks with him on his path. And again and again, God says to him, as I was with Moses, Joshua has seen how God was faithful to Moses through every journey difficulty and battle and God promises the same to him when God says to Joshua you shall inherit the land Joshua has seen God fulfilling his promises through Moses and the same is promised to for himself so although Joshua had pretty big shoes to fill he had been prepared and equipped for the task now we're studying the book of Joshua as a church to look at how God used Joshua and the people of Israel to enter into the promised land. And fittingly, as a church, we're entering new ground and creating sites, going into Stoke and other places, <clears throat> and doing as God commands. So from this passage, we can learn how Joshua entered the new land and get some tips. <laughs> so Joshua had the example of Moses to follow. He watched him, studied him, learned from him. Now we don't necessarily have Moses to follow around, but we do have the amazing life and teachings of Jesus, the son of God, our mighty conqueror. So we know that the name of Joshua, which is Yeshua in Hebrew, means the Lord saves. It's the same Hebrew name that Mary and Joseph were commanded to name their baby years later in Bethlehem. So when people heard of this little baby boy being called with the same name, they saw that Joshua was a prophetic promise of an even mightier conqueror who was to come and to lead his people into an even better promised land. And not only do we have the life of Jesus to follow, he commands us in John, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I am be doing and they will do even greater things than these. Secondly, Joshua is commanded by God to study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. The book of instruction would have included the book of Deuteronomy or at least parts of it. Nowhere near the amount of scripture we have available to us today, the history we have access to, the letters, narration, poetry, prophecy, teaching and wisdom. And I definitely take for granted what is in this incredible and powerful book, the power it holds. By reading it and obeying it, God says we will prosper and succeed in all that we do. And finally, God says to Joshua, do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He walks with us when everything is great. He walks with us when everything is not. In the pain, in the struggle, in the joy, and in the dancing, he is with us. And we can be strong and courageous because he is with us wherever we go. 
We don't need to make ourselves be strong and courageous, but it's God's presence that does those things. And we receive the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not in our own, it was not in his own power that Joshua was able to later bring down the walls of Jericho by marching around the city. I'm not sure that would have been his first idea. But God told him to be strong and courageous, to trust in him, to trust in him to never leave or forsake him. And because Joshua was faithful, the walls came down and they were able to enter the city, which is a bit of a spoiler alert to come later. <laughs> so, we need to be strong and courageous. And it's really helpful after the last series we were looking at how can we be strong and courageous in our community and as a community. And obviously, as you read this section, the repetition of strong and courageous over and over again seems a little bit humorous. Why is he saying it so much? It's a bit like when angels appear to people in the Bible and say, do not be afraid. Of course, you're going to be afraid. And of course, Joshua needs to be strong and courageous. And he's obviously not at that point. So God repeats it and repeats it. But it's something we need to think about as both individuals and as a community. As we're stepping into Stoke, what does it look like for us to be strong and courageous? So earlier on in the book of Numbers, when Joshua and the spies returned from their trip and gave their report saying the land is amazing, the food is unbelievable, it's an amazing land. The people there are a bit big and strong, but it's an amazing land. And even after they give their report, some of the other spies, so not Joshua and Caleb, they respond by saying, oh, no, it wasn't that great. We don't need to go over there. And at this point, Caleb and Joshua tear their clothes and going, come on, this is the land that God's promised to us. It is exceedingly good land. If God delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us. Only don't rebel against the Lord. God has spoken clearly to our church to plant new sites around the city. And in praying and preparing to start the Stoke site, God has been clearly working and, yeah, working through it. But as we go on this journey, we can't be afraid of the land we're entering. When we invite our neighbours to church and they give less than an encouraging response, we can't say, I tried. That's it. I don't need to try anymore. We scout it out. There's no chance. When we put on fairs, inviting people from the community in the school and not have many people come and the weather being a bit disappointing, we can't say, we tried. There's obviously not much point doing it again. People won't come. But God tells Joshua to be strong and courageous against the strong people in the land. God gives us exactly what we need because it is God who makes us strong and we are made even stronger by him. He promises Joshua that he will never leave him or forsake him. We can't be discouraged by, en- by one disappointing encounter when inviting people to church or showing generosity. We need to keep on going. God has made so many promises that we need to cling on to instead of quickly just giving up and saying, oh, well, we tried. We need to trust and have faith in what God has said to us. He's spoken so many different things on the church that we need to remember and hold on to. And again, I'm referring back to Isaiah 61. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has appointed me. Before we go out, this is what we need to remind ourselves. That, we may, that we're called oaks of righteousness. We're planted, planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. It is not for our glory that we're doing this. I think if it was just for ourselves, we'd give up pretty quickly. But we're doing this. We're doing on this mission for the glory of God, for the one who created us, is with us, who heals, has complete power. 
I'm going to draw to an end now and we're going to take communion from this place. We do this in most weeks in the Stoke site, take bread and wine of communion to remind ourselves of what Jesus has done, that he died on the cross, that, that we are not bound by sin, but he has set us free. Maybe, Steve, if you want to come up and twiddle. <clears throat> that he died on the cross and we're not bound by sin and we are free. That it's not by our own works that God sees us and loves us, but by his blood we're set free. It was funny this week, we had some work done, sorry, it's not funny, work done in our house and one the guys that came, they're not Christians, but have been to quite a few Christian homes around the area. And he was asking what we believe and <clears throat> the main question he was asking in one afternoon, like literally kept on repeating it, is like, so you've got to do something to earn it. Like, what have you got to do? I have, what do I need to say or do? Because there's people who do really specific things and I was like, you just need to love God, love one another and accept and love God that he died for us and that we, it's not by works that we're set free, but only by Jesus. So I want to kind of come to that to communion from that place. That it's not by us. God gives us what we need. Um, so in a second, we'll take communion and encourage us to recognize it's not us that gets us here, but it's God. And after we've taken communion, we're going to get into small groups. Firstly, thank God for what he's done. Secondly, ask to be strong and courageous. And then thirdly, just praying for where we are in Stoke, for what we want to see and get really specific on things we're praying for. What do we want to see and how are we being strong and courageous through that? And then we'll end by worshipping. So when you're ready, if you want to go over to take communion.